Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. And you're listening to another episode of Hugh I Do, the podcast brought to you by your favorite cousins on the bright side. Welcome to another episode of Hue I Do, the podcast that is going to tell you what your fishing actually does and not what you think he or she does. And I am so excited for us to have the guests that we have on today. Guess would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, thank you so much, Ashley and Tania, for this opportunity. I am Reverend Orsella Hughes of Serenity Ceremonies by Reverend Orsella. I am based in Bridgeport, but of course, I will travel wherever the altar is located and wherever the love resides. <laughs> love that. Love that. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, tell us, how long have you been in this line of work? Oh, wow. Okay. So um, <laughs> I started in 2005 by pure organic, by chance of someone needing to get married. This was a friend of the church and their wedding officiant wasn't available and I was only ordained a week, <laughs> a week. So had not done this, didn't even know how to file a marriage license, didn't know wow. where to tell them where to go. And I had to learn all of this really quick because in church ordination, no one walks you through that process. They just walk you through ceremony, but not the legal part. So I had to take a quick crash course in the marriage licensing, the town, and making sure that was all set. Then figure out what to do at the wedding. Nothing, no clue. So this is in 2005. I opened up my church's liturgy book. Didn't even change anything. I just insert their names. And I was like, thank God I got through it and filed the marriage license. Someone actually liked that wedding and then called me back <laughs> to do their wedding <laughs> and it just started trickling down that way. And I didn't do another wedding till maybe 2009. And once again, it was a friend of the family. And um, again, I was not thinking of it as a business. I opened that same book. They wanted some candles. I was like, okay, we'll light them. I <laughs> literally didn't know about customization, personalization or anything like that. But then again, someone saw me at that wedding and wanted their wedding. And all of a sudden it just started picking up and there was more and more weddings. So 2016, I launched it from, from side hustle to full-fledged business. And that's when I LLC'd it and um, voila, serenity ceremonies. And uh, we've had over a hundred weddings um, across the globe. And uh, I'm proud of the humble beginnings. And I always remember where I come from and excited to where it's going. That's great. Wow. <laughs> That's such a blessing too. Like, yeah. yes. you don't think about like the legal part. Like we're just like, oh yeah, like let's just have an officiant come in and you know, do that. And you know, we really don't think about the legal part and what like all that entails. So that was a good point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, these are the questions that I hear on the inquiry. We just want somebody that's gonna be quick um, and just show up and you know, 20 minute ceremony. Like that's that what we do is more than 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> we do have to investigate the legalization of the ceremony. Make sure that I can officiate where you plan to get married. I mean, I'm ordained, but that doesn't mean I can just show up at any altar, any state, any city and just say, hey, I'm Reverend Orsella. Let me do this. <laughs> you know, so there are plenty of things that go into the ceremony, including the preparation of their love story, um, making sure that everything that's associated with that love story is going to come out on that day. You know, we're the first event of the day. We have to make it right. We set the tone. Um, so I can't just, just show up. I have to make sure that we started right <laughs> and, um, and that you're legally married. <laughs> right. Or else, what was the point? Otherwise, we just had a good party. Yeah, it was a party. It was literally a, a party. A very expensive party. A very expensive open bar, you know, free food, <laughs> and nobody's married. Right, right. Just vibes. Right, right. Well, oh gosh, we're excited to dive into this. Uh, this is another episode in our get somebody else to do it series where we've been trying to break down some of these misconceptions, some of these assumptions that you likely have as you're planning your wedding, just because 
there are sometimes details that you don't know who does what, or you just assume, but the contract says otherwise. So we are going to dive all into that very soon. But first, we are going to play a game of this or that. It is everyone's favorite small talk icebreaker game that we play. Mm -hmm. Um, Our guests love it. We love it. And it's a way for us to get to know you. But because you're our special guest, you will go first. So to start with this quick two rounds, would you prefer when it comes to the unity ceremony of things, the candle lighting or taking shots? Whoa, you didn't even give me a middle of the road here. (laughs) (laughs) This side or that side? (laughs) There are no in between. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Tania is so confused. No, because these are really good. They're not even on the same spectrum, okay? Mm -hmm. I am going to go with candles. All right? Because the shot to me is Mm -hmm. definitely a reception act. Okay. That that's a moment that you you want at the reception. And the candles can represent so much more than just the unity candle. Some some people like candles in memory of a parent that's not there or a sibling. So the ceremonial person in me is saying the candle. The turn up person in me is saying, get the get to the reception and have the shots then. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. All right, Tania. Who was taking shots at the ceremony? Girl, do that. It is part. It's like another unity ceremony. Really, especially if they like the same type of like a whiskey or a bourbon or a tequila. Sometimes they will take, uh, like they both pour into you know the respective shot glasses and Mm. or shot glass and then take the shot or. Um, maybe if one likes a particular brand and the other likes a particular, sometimes they pour it in together and do it. So, yeah, um, there are a lot of people, there's a lot of alcohol based unity ceremonies outside of even that one. Yeah, I've done a wine tasting. I've done a unity wine ceremony. Really? Um, But it was beautiful. We were in a vineyard. So there mm. were grapes all around us. And so I correlated that with Jesus and the vine and the fruit, and they both had their favorite wine. And I, I poured their wine into their cups and blended it actually. Mm-hmm. And um, that was their first, they tasted each other's first fruit, which is, you know, we talk about the first fruit that we give to God. So wow. um, yeah. It, it does work now. See, that was different. That was right, sure. right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that was different. actually, yeah. But you do see a lot of the turn up couples that do want to have a little bit of that in their ceremony. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's my first time hearing that. So um, I'm going with the candles. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I love a good candle. Um, yeah, there's really no reason behind that. Like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking shots. What? You know my parents. They'd be like, what? Yeah. Race? I object. That's, <laughs> That's something I would have to just do so, on the day. Yeah. And not yeah. tell them yes or no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, we're not doing that. That's you know my daddy? Funny. Right. Right. Okay. No, I think I'm I'm with y'all. I would probably do the candle as well. Um, I don't drink alcohol, so there's no point in even doing that. Um but if I did, I could see possibly Ed being interested in something like that, but also because being a PK, probably not something you really mm. associate with your ceremony, so Mm-mm. it's not going to happen, which is perfectly Mm-mm. fine with me. Um, we <laughs> both love candles, so that works as well. All right. All right. So round two and our final round. This is fairly easy. Fairly, okay. fairly easy. When it comes to the vows would you prefer a good old traditional vow or writing your own so i don't think it's a, a, an either or for me because i take traditional and i will take some pieces of their love story to add some personalization to it to make it contemporary as well and i do that for couples who 
can't put their words on paper or are shy to speak in front of people. Um, so when I when they tell me they're that they're shy or they are not comfortable with speaking with people, then I will, you know, I have sessions with them and say, what would you want to say? And then tie in the traditional piece, because I do believe we can't say enough in, in good times and bad times and sickness and in health, because that stuff happens in marriage. And we have to use that moment to say, I do for all reasons in our marriage. Yeah. So I'm that sorry was, it wasn't a direct, but it, it just comes up differently answer. for you. Good. That was a great answer. Now, mm-hmm. Tania, you got to pick between one or the other because she be the one. <laughs> she be the one. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, I think I would rather, I don't know, this is hard for me just because, I mean, my husband and I, we wrote our vows. Um, mm-hmm. His was very lengthy and mine was very short. <laughs> so um i'm like he knows my heart and you know he knows that mm-hmm. but um i just don't do well with public speaking and so um i think i'm gonna say you know, like traditional but like the way that you made it sound like it you know it's like you help us out a little so yeah yeah um mm-hmm. and to your point where you said like your husband's vows were longer than yours you know i i make that point to say um it sometimes it'll look like you don't have as much to say as your partner does because they've had a three minute speech and you had a 30 second speech. So I, you know, I tell them 90 seconds each. And Mm -hmm. if somebody doesn't have the 90 seconds, then let's talk about that. But you don't want a one-sided situation because of perception of, Oh, well she didn't know he didn't have enough to say. And, and, and the people don't get your love. They, they see you in that moment of your love story and they, you know, judge it really quick. And, and that's why it's my job to try to make your love story be as memorable and pleasant um, for you without people, you know, their chitter chatter as they want to have. Mm-hmm. Really good answer, though. Truly. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I guess I have to answer as well. <laughs> if I had to pick between one or the other, I'm definitely going with the traditional vows just because I don't like speaking in front of people. So mm-hmm. that, yeah, no. But let me just, and, and they cover all the bases, right? In the traditional mm-hmm. vows where sometimes you could get a little loosey-goosey you know, when you write your own and could low-key leave some out. So... <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know so um but i did i mean we we wrote letters um as a kind of a meeting halfway type of point um because he could have said it out loud and i would have been nervous in front of all them people so anywho yeah we did tradition we did traditional at ours we i just i was like i, I write love stories all the time i was like baby we're good today. <laughs> Let's go with the script. Oh, then we're good, baby. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are now going to dive all into these questions so we can truly learn what is it that you do and what does someone else need to do instead. So to start, just for a good level set, what does an officiant do? All right. So you know that formal definition is a celebrant or religious individual who performs at a wedding to unite two people in marriage. But I believe that we are curators and creators of love stories, and we're executing a ceremony um, that, that is equipped and designed for the couple that is being married that day. So we are curators and creators of magical moments. What a beautiful answer. Thank you. So what do people, couples, feel like some of your responsibilities should be, whether it be from the couple side or the planner side, either or? Oh, so let me start with the couples because the planners know what they're doing, right? They mm-hmm. they are like our aunties. They know exactly what to do at a wedding. Some of the inquiries I find funny. Oh, I saw you on Google. Um, can I come to you and get married? Like they think I'm a venue. And I have looked at my keywords. I've looked at my SEO. I'm like, nowhere does it say that I'm a venue, but because wedding officiant isn't a 
Google keyword, I'm just in wedding and I'm in planning. And so I guess I fall in that category. So I get a lot of, can, can I come to you and get married? Uh, like I'm a venue or, or can you help me find a venue? And I'm very clear. Um, I am an officiant. I don't cross the line of planner, venue, any of that. Uh, I say, when I show up, your planner has everyone in place. <laughs> so that's the couple side. Um, like I said, I never have a planner not or or try to cross line that they know what they're doing um most of my referrals come from planners so they they know that what part i need to play on the wedding team so yeah i never have issue with that part okay. <laughs> and knock on wood i've got great planners in my pocket they, they are amazing people <laughs> knock on wood for that <laughs> that is a good thing Ooh. That is a really good thing. So I'm curious if there's ever been anything where someone assumes you should do it, but it's actually something that like the MC or the DJ should actually take care of instead. Oh, yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it happened to me at a wedding. And it was my first lesson of being prepared for every situation. As an officiant, we do show up believing that the equipment is there. I believe that the microphone is going to be there. A speaker is going to be there. I'm just believing that when I get to the podium, that's everything's in place. Um, but this this one wedding I had a few years ago, um, I showed up and I was waiting for the DJ to either come mic me up or tell me where the microphone was going to be. And the venue coordinator, uh, which I'll get back to that point in a second, the venue coordinator says to me, oh, um, did you bring your microphone? <laughs> No. <laughs> and I literally was wow. like, no, why, why is she? And so I said, where's the DJ? She said, oh, they don't have a DJ. They have a quartet. And that was when I realized that I was not in Kansas anymore, that my <laughs> wedding, the type of <laughs> weddings that I was getting there, it isn't a DJ anymore. It was quartet. And so I had to then change my whole questionnaire about equipment. And, um, and then it made me buy equipment for, those quartet type of ceremonies where they aren't going to have a DJ um, mm. to provide music. They're just going to have a violinist. And so if you have a violinist, of course, they're not there with a microphone and a speaker. So that taught me immediately uh, ask about the ceremony because I couldn't blame the planner for that. that, that to me, the ceremony belongs to me. And if I have not asked all the right questions to make that ceremony perfect, then shame on me. But, but luckily, being a preacher, I just used my very prophetic voice to get it out there. And everyone said, no, we heard you fine. But I felt like I was yelling because there was no microphone. So oh, no, no more. I, I am actually speaking to you on my tripod that I use in case someone doesn't have anything. <laughs> wow. Oh Crazy enough. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's something that like we just automatically think, oh, yeah, there's going to be a microphone there. There's going to be a DJ. They're going right. to handle like, all the speakers, all the audio issues. But, yeah, that's just something like that's just a given. So I would have yeah. been like, uh, what you mean there's no <laughs> microphone? What you mean there's no right. speaker? And, <laughs> so the, <laughs> and the venue was so used to an officiant not needing one because well, for whatever reason that they just thought I knew. And I said, no. And that was my very first time not having mm. sound at a ceremony. I mean, I've had sound go out at a ceremony, but not just not having it at all. And this was so crazy because I was actually standing over the crowd. So it was like we were on stage and the audience was lower from us. I was like, never again. So immediately came home, added that to my questionnaire. Do you provide, will your DJ provide a microphone and speaker sound system for the officiant? Um, if not here, I can offer this as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love these examples where like, something happens and then they add it to their contract they're like the vendor like knows this will never happen again never never <laughs> not on my watch <laughs> oh goodness well you know because once you leave to your point earlier you know all the vendors know who they're working with and who they want to work with and so after that incident and during covid when there were no djs because there were no big parties and i'm doing backyard weddings with 10 people 
the microphone then really became a big add-on, a great feature for my business. So I would bring it and then all of a sudden vendors were like, no, hire her. She has her own stuff. She's, she's ready to go. And I'm like, yes, thank you, mistake. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what are some of the responsibilities that people think that you should do that is generally done by the wedding party? Okay. By the wedding party, um, they think that I should line them up or tell them where to stand or where, when to come in. That's not my job. That is your planner's job or that is your coordinator's job. Now, I have worked with plenty of planners where I will um, say, you know, if you want my help in this, then I am certainly, I can make myself available. But for the most part, the couples have been working with the planner longer than they have been working with me. And so they've given that vision to the planner way before they even get to the ceremony piece with me. So, you know, if grandma's walking down the aisle, if, if there's godparents that need to come down, what seats need to be reserved, who's coming in in what order, do you want them in ascending height, descending height? I don't do that. I show up at Daily Beloved. <laughs> and we can usually work that out either at the wedding rehearsal or, you know, the day of. Some people are now have moved their rehearsal to the day of. Um, like, I have had three Ooh, weddings what? this year where it's not a full rehearsal. It's just a, let me show you where we're going to be standing. And I'm like, oh, we're doing oh, this wow. now. Oh, run through. Oh, Ooh. things are just, <laughs> how, how long have you two been married? I've been married 12 years, 11 years. <laughs> things so are I, just so different. Yeah, I got married yeah. in April of 2022. So, okay. Yeah, October so. 2020 for me. So okay, yeah. Well, no, nah, we did a real rehearsal. Yeah, no one. Yeah, we need a whole. We had a three-hour rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> we were dedicated to making sure that, like, because I mean, there are a lot of people too. Yeah, so we all needed to make sure that we all mm-hmm. were where we needed to be, and Mm-mm. people were still, I think, what coming into town and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all right, not- everybody's here now. Let's do it one more time. Yeah. Three weddings this year where it's not a full-fledged rehearsal, but they certainly do practice the walkthrough, um, you know, hours clearly before the ceremony starts. And I'm like, okay, that's different, but all right, if that's what we're doing. But I, I cannot. But I also say that wasn't a planner ceremony. Oh. These are these are venue ceremony. Venue coordinator ceremonies. Mm. I will make that distinction. Yeah, I, I think okay. we're gonna have to do a, a whole dive into yes, venue coordinators and managers because yes. it's funny. The episode we did last week, we we got a little sprinkling of that. The venue managers be tripping. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't touch this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't. We don't call her. We don't call him. We don't mm-hmm. email. But uh-huh. they told the couple that mm-hmm. they are planners, and we're right. We're a vendor saying, "Can I get a timeline?" Nope. Nope. That's not what I do. What do you mean? That's not what you do. Ooh, yes. Right. That's the but to your scam. but to your point, that's how a lot of those responsibilities then fall on me or other vendors. So right. you're saying some of the things that people think that I should do, but they actually fall on someone else's responsibility. Well, that's because when you don't have a planner from the very beginning, yeah. that, that's why they think that we should be doing things that we're not supposed to be doing. A hundred percent. Well, is there then anything that comes up that people think you should do, but is really the bride and the groom? I think Tania kind of touched on that earlier, but. Um, when a bride and groom are not aware of the marriage license process, that's, mm. the, that's the one part. So the wedding day, it's, there's not as much of what they think I should be doing or versus them. But um, they think I should apply for their marriage license. I, I've had that question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not like, so should we just go through right. you? Like, That's should we your just job. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be the house. Yes. <laughs> so I said, no, you have to go through the town where it was filed. And I even make this very, very clear, like even in the consultation. So even if you don't stick with me, I'm still going to give you the tools to make sure that you're legally married. Right. I'll say that you have to apply for your marriage license in the town where, this, where the ceremony is taking place. Every state is different. 
Um, so, you know, you have to go by those laws like New Jersey. If you're a resident of New Jersey, you can apply in any town hall as long as I file it in the town where the ceremony took place. So it's, you know, mm. you have to know all these tricks to the, you have to know all these ins and outs of the law. You know, New York State, if you have a New York City license, then that officiant must be licensed um, to officiate in the city. All right. And, and some people can only do it in the state. And there's two different licenses wow. in New York. Right. Wow. Right. Georgia ain't that complicated. It's no, just Georgia. Like, no, I've done them in Georgia. No. <laughs> Georgia's like, did you just get, where's the certificate? Okay. <laughs> yeah. The first time I did it in Atlanta, because, you know, I'm up here in the tri-state area. So I know Massachusetts, I have to apply every time I do a wedding in Massachusetts. You know, I, I just went through New Jersey wow. and New York. Georgia, it was so simple that I actually said, are you sure I don't have to send you and send anything? I sent my ordination anyway with the license to make sure they knew. Oh, they don't care about that. So, Georgia, California, ah, we don't care. Wow. I had no idea it was that like possibly yeah, difficult. Yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. when you're from states that really don't have all of the little strict laws in place, you don't realize how cuckoo it can be outside of where you live. But yeah, New York and New Jersey can, you know, you could really get tied up if you don't know what you're doing. Wow. And that's really my base. No I'm, I'm tri-state New England. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I make sure. So when I hear about people, oh, my, my friend is going to officiate the wedding or my, my pastors, even pastors. You could be a New York City pastor, but if you didn't register with the city, you cannot officiate that wedding. This sounds real complicated. Like, even if right now, if you Google um, how to get married in whatever state, the city's website won't even come up first. All these other websites will come mm -hmm. up. And I always say, look for .gov. Because that's the only legal entity that will prove that you are married. You can't, if it's right. .com, don't go to marriageusa.com. That's not the law. You yeah. need to go to a website that ends in .gov. Hartford, Connecticut, .gov. You know, Atlanta, Georgia, .gov. Marriage license. You right. need to look at the uh, town clerk office, town vital statistics. That's, those are legitimate offices. And then call. I know people like to read everything <laughs> online. I call. Hi. Um, I plan to officiate in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm an ordained wedding officiant from Bridgeport, Connecticut. What credentials do I need to make sure this couple is legally married? Well, it's on our website. I want to hear it from your words. Right. You tell me. Tell me. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> I didn't call the website. I called you. <laughs> and let me get your name too. Oh, <laughs> Mary then, told me on this yeah, day. Right, right. No problem. Yeah. Right. Because it, it, it happened to me in Virginia. I went to officiate a wedding. I did everything online. And then as soon as I got home and I was mailing off everything, it said, oh, you must be uh, registered prior to the wedding. So I was like, that's not what the website said. So once again, mistake learned, call and get the verification. Oh, I called her. She was so nice. She said, oh, it happens all the time. She said, don't change the date. You're fine. Just send us your credentials. But Ooh. page two, you got, there's so much to read. <laughs> yeah, but Look thank God you. they need to update their website. No, I would I would have been panicking. Like, right. wait, what? So, like, okay, so that was invalid, or like, yeah, right. like, right. it's all over again. Right. You know how much money? Because then you can go right. to some websites and they'll say how to get married in X Y Z state and who can marry me in X Y Z state, and they're not on the same page sometimes. Mm. Yeah. So, you, so a good officiant will do the due diligence of making sure you find your credential. I'm an ordained minister of a church, of a denomination. I look for those words and find out what else do I need to marry someone in XYZ city state. Wow. Right. If it's a destination out the country, then we get married locally mm -hmm. and then we're going to have a beautiful ceremony somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wait, so... Oh. I'm sorry, this is not one of the questions, but you said that you will actually marry the two locally before you go 
away? Like, is that is that like normal? Oh, is yes. that norm? Yeah. Very, okay. very much so. Because you want to be able to have access to your marriage license quickly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll give a you know, very horrible ex- example of, you know, a couple who was married in Puerto Rico. And I know it's part of the United States, of course. But when they had that storm and a lot was washed away, it took them a long time to get a copy of their marriage license because they filed in the, in Puerto Rico. It wasn't one of my weddings, wow. but I always say, listen, if you're, I don't care if you're going to Cancun, Africa, get have a legal ceremony, just you and your spouse right here locally, and then have your beautiful ceremony somewhere else. I said, pick another date that just means something to you so that that date is still special on your marriage license. But then, wow. of course, the, the, the ceremony itself, the beautiful one, have that on a destination spot. Like I knew that, like, like I know like a lot of couples, like they'll go to the courthouse um, mm-hmm. to get married first and then have a destination wedding. But I didn't know they actually would have like a ceremony with you because that makes it even more special, in my opinion. That, that's the only way I want it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. be a part of the journey every step of the way. So if my couples are from Connecticut and we're going to fly somewhere else, I will say, hey, look, no, I don't want anybody else signing your marriage license. I've been with you on this journey from the very beginning. We're going to have something really small at your house, sign the marriage license. And then when we go to Africa, then we will have the beautiful ceremony. Unfortunately, I had a couple who lived in Texas and I live in Connecticut, um, but the wedding was in Mexico. So they did go to the courthouse and then we had a ceremony, their ceremony in Mexico. But that's because I wasn't going to Texas. (laughs) Right. I love it. I love it. All right. So what are some other misconceptions about officiants? I know you've already given us a lot, but like, is there anything else? We don't just show up. Well, all of us don't just show up. I'll just say that. Um, (laughs) There are plenty of officiants that do just show up. But when you're looking for an officiant that is really invested in your story, in your love, and in the day that you're creating, that person is putting every bit of 10 to 15 hours from the time they meet you up until the time they file your marriage license. So for those individuals who just want somebody to show up, um, that that's probably not an efficient on my level. Um, and I, I'm confident now to be able to say that just because of the type of types of weddings that um, I've learned to, I've, I've created a, a book of vendors to be able to work with them to put me in those places. Um, not to say that I've forgotten where I've come from, but I no longer just take my liturgy book, open it, and just copy and paste some names. Officiants, you know, some some other misconceptions is that, um, <laughs> well, maybe not a misconception, but definitely like <laughs> lazy. I, I can't stand it when people think we're lazy. Um, and that's because so many will just show up and just take the name from yesterday's ceremony and put it in today's script and no personalization at all. Some other misconceptions is that it has to be your pastor or it has to be an ordained person. It, it really can be a celebrant. Um, and believe it or not, it can be a family friend, but make sure your family friend is someone that is, is comfortable with speaking in front of people. And I always advise them, if you know someone, let them get trained under someone before they perform at your wedding, because that's just too big of a deal just to say, this is your first time doing it, just go up there and do it. Uh, so definitely, um, I am a pastor, but I, the people who I've married have not been my members. They Some have turned into my members since getting to know them, um, but that's certainly not a misconception as well. That was a really good breakdown, I will say, because I was thinking about you don't really hear about people getting officiants that have pastors. So I thought that was just like really interesting because that is some folks reality, you know, for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Um, that's why I didn't take this seriously as a business, because I was in ministry and I was saying, well, I don't need to do that because people have pastors. So why would I start a wedding officiating business? And then as we all know, you you mentioned being a PK, you see the largest church right now is the unchurched. And so this is a population of people who are still connected spiritually, but don't have that church community. They don't have that community of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the serenity ceremonies has really become a community 
of individuals and couples and families who really do connect with one another. Like I'll never forget just a few months ago, I looked up in my service and a bride from 2013 and a bride and her husband, their husbands from 2017 were in the service together and they didn't know each other. So in the middle of my announcement, I said, guys, I just want you to realize how special this moment is for me because I've, I always wanted serenity ceremonies to stay faith-based and stay Mm -hmm. connected to the covenant. And I said, I have two couples who don't know each other and they're sitting right in back of one another. And then they turned around and were like, oh, hey. <laughs> and the funny thing is, I've baptized their children. Right. I love that. Right. It's such a full so, circle moment. Oh it, my it, gosh. It, it has been a full circle moment. Like just to connect the business to the ministry to God to just the community of believers. It really has been an awesome experience. And um, that's why I love focusing now on the families that, that I have wedded. I see them as parents now and, you know, watching them send off their kids to school. I'm like, wow, this is crazy that, you know, God gave me this. Right. <laughs> it makes me think of other episodes we could bring you on for. Because, like, you, you don't see a lot of officiants sometimes that are ministry-based. Mm-hmm. Like they may be really great at what they do, but they're more celebrants, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, oh, hmm, okay, mental note. <laughs> right. And I'm trying to get a lot of my uh, clergy friends to really look at this this part of their ministry because we are ordained mm-hmm. to marry people. And if we're we're actually ordained to marry bury and um, consecrate the elements um, but and baptize. And so we have to be doing all four of those things to follow God's greatest commission of going, therefore make disciples and baptizing them. And that's what, um, that's, I live the great commission through my business and the ministry. And the more families that I get to meet, that means more future babies that we get to meet and future families that will grow. <laughs> I love that. I do want to make a point that like yeah. not all pastors officiate, you know, like there's a lot of pastors out there that Wait, really that yeah, they're like, we do yes. not marry, we do not bury, we do not Why? do any I have I no that idea. was like the thing that you had to do if you were at least like a minister or like Mm-mm. Yeah. So there's two Mm-mm. parts to that. So wow. you're right, Tania. There's a mm-hmm. lot that will not marry you if you're not getting married at the church. They don't do venue ceremonies. And I'm like, look at the opportunity you're missing for kingdom growth because it's not at your church. I'm like, this is a great opportunity for you to connect outside, but that's, that's me. So the, that's, that's one thing in a lot of churches who have, I would say a large staff of other ministers at their church, they will assign those moments of funerals and weddings to them as opposed to the senior pastor. Like, have you ever see Joe yep. Osteen marry yeah. people? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Wow. I don't want to name drop on the show, but I mean, just think about your mega pastors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How often do you see them wedding people? I mean, like, unless, unless they're, like, it's close like friends, the celebrity. You know, oh, close friends mm-hmm. or, like, close family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but a lot of them are celebrities, so. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never thought about that, though. Yeah. No, but, yeah, but there's a lot of pastors out there that I know, not personally, but, like, mm-hmm. I have sat, you know, like, in their service, and they will say, or it'll be on their website, like, we do not marry, we do not do all these things. And so oh, it's yeah. kind of like, yeah. yeah. So I understand why other couples that will go out or reach out to other officiants because their pastor does not do dot, dot, dot. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You know me, I'm like, give them to me then, give them to me. I love love. I love love. <laughs> So yeah. All right. So, um, well, like one question I want to know is like, when do you uh, reach out to an officiant? Like, is this something that you need to book a year in advance or is this something that like you can three months prior to the wedding, which I know that's not, you know, that's right. not I, ideal, I, but a, a six to nine month window is a good window for a wedding officiant. 
Yes, some of us are already booking into 2024. I have six already on the books for 2024, but we're also only four months left in 2023. So <laughs> we should have six on the books already, right? But that's a good window because if they're getting married, you know, in February, then this is the time to start thinking about your ceremony, um, the ceremony space, you know, what, what music are you selecting? Um, cause I get into those kind of details. I want to know, I want to know what kind of music you're walking into. I, I want to know why you chose the colors that you chose. Uh, I want to know about your theme and what words I always, I always ask them, give me five words that will describe that you want your guests to feel while they're at your ceremony. So I want to know, what you're thinking about when you were thinking about your ceremony. So for me, I think six to nine months is a good window. Um, I can also say that when couples have planners, the planner or it is automatically on top of it, but trying to get them as with an efficient book as possible, as soon as possible. Um, three months is, is doable. It's just really quick. And um, if you want premarital counseling too, then that is, it's just not enough time. It's just, you can do it, but it's, you're talking about premarital counseling. I have five sessions with my couples. You're planning the ceremony. That's just, that's, it's doable, but it's rushed. And then mm -hmm. you're not getting the best experience out of that. Right. So I like that six to nine month window. And that gives us time to still be human and not be robots and just showing up to the sessions, but actually doing the assignments in between and really being able to take all the information in so that we can, you know, have a great ceremony. So not all officiants actually do the premarital counseling. Is that correct? Oh, correct. Yeah, what is the point? I mean, you know, because so many counseling, or are they not doing the premarital counseling? So I have a lot of couples who do their premarital counseling elsewhere, or maybe like to your point to me about someone's pastor not doing the wedding but they'll do the premarital counseling. So they don't always do premarital counseling with me. Or if a couple is already in relationship counseling, I said, we're not going to do <laughs> relationship counseling and counseling with me. And like, we need all that. Then why are we even getting married? So <laughs> I will tell them that I will advise a couple to stay with their relationship counselor, as opposed to dropping them and then coming with me. Um, and then I do, I have married couples that don't want the premarital counseling, but I can honestly tell you, they always come back after the ceremony, because to our point, this is good and bad. You, you got to have the tools and the foundations and the techniques to deal with marriage. This thing is no joke. I'm 11 years in 15 years together. And <laughs> there are some days. <laughs> <laughs> love them to pieces, but you know, and he loves me to pieces, but there are some days where we just get on each other. We're not lovable. And that's just the reality yeah. of marriage. But um, the foundation that you create helps you to get through those unlovable days and, and find yourself breathing right again. Yeah. Those are those officials that just show up though. It's, it looks good to have a lot of weddings. I do not ascribe to booked and busy. I ascribe to quality, good couples, good ceremonies. Um, I don't need 500 weddings a year. I am, I am good in my 25 to 40 weddings a year. That's, I, that's, that's my sweet spot. I'm good there. I love that. <laughs> that's the true sign of a luxury vendor, but we don't get into that on another day. I, I don't, mm -mm, I don't need be booking busy. They, mm -mm. Mm -mm. I like to sleep. I like to rest. I like to go on vacation. So I just came back from vacation. Did not bring my laptop. Booked and busy means you traveling with your agenda, your calendar, your phone. No, right. I was climbing. <laughs> I was climbing Dunn's River, not thinking about anybody. That is not luxury if you are working all the time. No, I'm not. That's mm -mm. it's not of God to be booked and busy. Mm -mm. Yeah, he definitely said to rest. Like you need to, to rest. rest. Right. To rest. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Well, do you have any advice for anyone that's engaged that's, you know, maybe they're seeking their wedding officiant or maybe you just know they're in this stage of wedding planning. So maybe you have some advice that you would want to give them. Yes. Um, couples, when you are looking for your officiant, please don't stop at the first one interview at least three and not just interview them on their own zoom or google meet platform look them up on youtube 
find them doing ceremonies. Hear how they sound on a ceremony because your videographer is using what they say on your video. Mm. And if that person cannot articulate or really project the words, your video will sound bocce. Look at their pictures, follow them on Instagram. If their attire doesn't match your theme, if their style doesn't match your Ooh. theme, that's not your officiant. And I mean, look at them from the head to the toe. Okay. <laughs> and people think it's a joke, but I will make sure my nails are done because I remember a wedding where I, cause I always hold up the rings when I'm blessing them. So I'm holding up the rings. The cameraman zooms in on my hand. So when I get the pictures, I was so happy that my nails were done. <laughs> but people don't think about that. I wouldn't think, think about that either. Right. <laughs> then can I get a little, you know, more, a little more vain? I, I am speaking and the another photographer, he zooms in and my hair was coiled perfectly that day. All I saw was the coils. I was like, yes, photographer, catch my coils. <laughs> so, you know, couples look at the personality. It's, it's great that if they fit your budget, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. That's what you want. But if someone is over your budget, ask yourself why. It's probably because of the way they look, probably because of the way they sound, and probably because of the way they deliver what they promised, which was a good ceremony and to make sure that you're legally married. So please do not treat this like uh, the napkins, please. <laughs> treat this person, because we're the only ones in the picture. Out of all your vendors, the officiant is in the pictures. They're in the video. So you sh should not take that lightly. And um, I always, you know, that's my advice. Please don't stop at the first one. And I tell my couples, breathe, and pray about whether or not you want to work with me. I don't pressure people by saying, oh, you got to book me right now because somebody else want that date. No, if it matches, it matches. If the energy is right, it's there. And that's my advice. <laughs> that's really, really good advice. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and make, sure they can, and make sure they can marry you. <laughs> also, I'm <afraid. laughs> Yeah, legally. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Reverend Orisella, for all the advice, everything. Like, you really gave some great examples, and hopefully, everyone can take away, you know, like, bits and pieces, you know, and really take heed to, you know, like, all of your advice. Cause, Thank you. Yeah, because this was very, very, like, this was a great, great episode. And I'm so happy that we were able to do this with you today. <laughs> Thanks. I'm so excited, so honored. And now, yes. anytime I can bring better light, brighter light to the space of officiating. That's exactly what I want to do. Yes. Yes. So we're going to now going to move into wedding vendor love. So who Ooh. would you like to shout out this week? Oh <laughs> man, this was so hard when I saw that on the list. I was like, maybe they'll let me do three, but no, I, I, I will be obedient to my two. Um, I first have to shout out my Munaluchi ambassador, Nana Anna Photography out of New Jersey. She is the one who told me to get out of my head about pricing, about the type of couples that I want to attract or work with. She really pushed me out of my shell into where I am. So I will always shout her to the hills because she's just a beautiful person inside and out. And then my hype guy, uh, Steve Faz from Premier MC, he's out of Maryland. That is my dude and he is good people. We collab on so many projects, even outside of the wedding industry, um, but he's great energy and great space. So we just had him on, on Thursday and he shouted you out. So no way. we were like, we're talking to her on Monday. <laughs> He was like, that's my girl. Yes, he was like, I love her. Like, <laughs> he was so excited. He was like, ah. yeah. Oh my God, that's so crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, my, we, we did a wedding together years ago and we just, our, our energies just matched. And uh -huh. I was like, I'm the MC of the ceremony. You the MC of the reception. And we just, <laughs> we just are, that's, that's my, that's my home E. For real. Oh, I love oh, that. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I meant to say that before we even started the episode, but I 
forgot. So I love that you <laughs> shouted him out because he shouted you out. Uh-huh. That's dope. I love that. I love that. We're Reverend Orsella. Where can people find you if they want to know more, if they want to book you or inquire about your services? Tell us any and everything you got going on and where the good folks can locate you. Okay, folks, you know, I love social media. So Instagram is definitely Rev Orcella Officiant or Serenity Ceremonies. Um, but I'm there. Uh, if you find my personal page, then you're just going to a whole lot of church stuff. But on my personal page is my direct link to the weddings as well. I have a Threads account, but I'm not active on it. Okay. It's just what it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I'm on TikTok, um, Orcella Renee. I'm on LinkedIn, Serenity Ceremonies. Um, I am also on YouTube, Serenity Ceremonies by Reverend Orsella. But my website is serenityceremonies.com. There you go. Going to follow you on TikTok right now. Oh, yes. I found you. I found you. Follow. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Ah, Thank you. Thank you so much again for coming on. I already know we are going to spin the block and bring you back because this was a good time. Any time. Seriously. I was excited about being on the show. And certainly, like I said, you you two were very intentional about your guests. So to even be on your list was just an honor for me. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, for sure. You are so welcome. So, so welcome. I learned so much today. Right? (laughs) Oh, good. Good, 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 good. (laughs) Like on this side. Don't forget to follow us everywhere you can. We're on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and even YouTube. You can find us at H-U-I-D-O-W-E-D, which is Who I Do Wed, or at Hue I Do Pod, which is H-U-E-I-D-O-P-O-D on pretty much any of those platforms. In addition to that, if you want to know more about any of the amazing wedding vendors we've shouted out or any of the really cool wedding vendors we've had on the show as guests or just some awesome wedding vendors in general that maybe you don't know of, head to find.huidu.com. There, you're going to find over 600 wedding vendors that can help take you to your happily ever after. And no matter where you listen to Who I Do, if you could, please leave us a review. It will help other bride-to-be's and other people in the wedding planning space find a podcast that speaks to them as much as Who I Do speaks to you. Mm-hmm.